Good morning. Welcome to Recreate Church. Um, we got a little bit of cloud in the sky, but we got the sunshine in our hearts. How's that sound? Woo! <laughs> Look, my wife's even here. I got me a beep from her. Um, anyway, I'm glad to see everybody here. I'm glad to be here. And um, Michael's should be back home with Katie right now. He made sure that I was going to say uh, thank you for all your prayers for Katie. She's home and uh, doing better than what they expected. And, um, and, and he said, just be sure and let them know that they appreciate all the prayers and the support that this church has given. Also, uh, DJ is continuing to do better. Uh, my wife was saying that... Uh, I was kind of talking about him this morning. We were sitting on the porch and found out uh, his son received Christ this week. And and what what could be better than that? I mean, I think that we always look at all that negative stuff that happens when we're going through hard times. But how positive is it when somebody comes to Christ? And I just praise the Lord for that. Uh, this morning, I think we should kind of, I guess, open up in prayer. And, and so uh, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come and gather together, to fellowship and to, to worship you in, all, in our minds and in our hearts and in our very souls. May we lift our voices up to you in all that's done here today. Lord, I pray that you would uh, speak through me, that I might not be in the way of communicating what you have to say to us this day. As for your blessings upon this time, I do thank you for all the work that you've done in DJ, DJ's life and, 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 and Katie's and, and all the other folks. That This church has really been good about praying and lifting up and supporting and just ask that you would just continue to bless us and keep us, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and mercy towards us. Ask now that you would just uh, enlighten us, open hearts, and uh, and just thank you for your all that you're going to do. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, I've uh, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, so I'm gonna kind. This whole message is probably for me, and hopefully. It, you will hear stuff in here that means something to you too. And um, I want to just title it Following Jesus. Now, when I say following Jesus, I, you, I look through all the, the Testaments and, and I, I refer back to the, even to the Old Testament when men would follow God. And, and then when Jesus was here on earth, he called people to follow him. And, and even now, in these times when we're living, God is still present, and He lives within us through His Spirit. So, you know, when I use any of those terms, that's what I'm meaning, of the same thing. It's following God in His purpose in life. I look back through the Scriptures, and you you look and see people who have dedicated themselves to God. You look at a, 
a Noah and read about Noah, you know, and how he just decided he he was going to follow God. He was going to build an ark or whatever God told him he was going to do it. And um, and then you see a, a man like Abraham or read about him and and the things he the the dealings with God that he had and how he followed God and had a son at a ripe old age of, I don't know, what was it, 99 or something? It was, he was an old man. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then even the time when he took his son out and God called him to offer his son as an, a sacrifice, Abraham did not resist, but God provided the sacrifice and he did not give up his son. And and you look at things like that where people have dedicated themselves to um, to God. They wanted to follow God at all costs. You look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how they would get to the fiery furnace, and uh, and they would say, you know, God God can deliver us. And he and they were talking to the king. Uh, God will probably deliver us but if he chooses not to we're still not going to worship your gods they were dedicated to following god at all cost at all cost and and then you you look at somebody like daniel in the lion's den you know he chose to follow god at all cost there was a man called caleb and i remember Oh, you, maybe you remember when the when the Israelites were moving into the promised land or fixing to go in, and they sent out the spies. They were in the desert, and they sent out the spies to spy out the land. They brought back the fruit, and they but they brought back most of the spies. Ten of the spies came back with a very negative report, and and talked about being consumed by by just the land, and and that the giants would. They would, we would be like bread to them, and they would eat us. And it was just like, you know, there was a man called Caleb, though, who stood up, and he gave the good report, and he said, don't, don't turn away from God. And as a result of Caleb's desire to serve God at all cost, he stood up against the whole nation and cried out, do not turn against God. But God would say about Caleb, listen, Caleb, you will, this nation is not going to enter that promised land now. And uh, most of these folks are going to die out. But Caleb, he has a different, he has a different spirit about him. He follows me wholeheartedly. And so all of a sudden you see a man like that who at all cost followed God it was the desire of his heart. It was the most important thing that he could do is to follow God and the, and the dedication to God. And God honored him for that. And he blessed Caleb. And even in, that same, in the book of Joshua, when they moved into the promised land, you know, that's when Joshua would stand up at the end of that book and say, okay, folks, you can follow these other gods that you want. But he said, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was dedicated to God at all cost. 
And he said, but you can do what you want to, but I'm not. And the whole nation stood up and said, no, we will serve our God. We're going to follow God where he leads us. He's brought us to this promised land. We will continue. And their testimony throughout the time, the length of their life was that they followed God their whole lives. And so, you know, we see dedication, but, but, you know, now it just keeps going on. The list goes on and on and on. And I'm telling you, during these times, these days, it's got me messed up sometimes too. And that's why I say this message is for me too. Because I look at these people and I say, you know, they follow God at all wholeheartedly and 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 i get afraid to walk in a grocery store without a mask on and because i've been told over and over again you're gonna get this COVID 19 and they put a fear in me and i and I, everything that i was used to doing is changed and i'm coming we're coming out of the, out of the back side of this now and i don't even know how to act anymore i don't know what to do anymore you know and, and I forgot, for some reason I forgot that I'm supposed to be following Jesus. You know, it's so easy to get distracted by all the things that are going on around us. And I can't follow Jesus well anymore. It's like I've, I've lost my knack, my, my inside line or something. And, and I'm constantly reminded... But, of all these other men that have gone through and followed Jesus. We look in the Bible, but there's men now that are still following Jesus in a way that only we can imagine. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus, loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Have we forgot? Or maybe we haven't even started. I don't know. But if you're in that place right now in your life, understand you're not alone. It doesn't mean we quit. And we don't give up. See, there was a man in the Bible, and I want, and that's, this is the one I want to focus on. Because he went on a journey learning how to follow Jesus. Learning how to follow him and all that he did. And his name was, we know him as Peter. His original name was Simon. Jesus renamed Peter. Now when Peter, when, when Jesus found Peter, he was out doing what he knew. He was out working. He was a working man. He was a fisherman. It said that he was out casting his nets upon the water, fishing. He had gone fishing. That's what he knew. Him and his brother were out there together. His, his cousins, we know them as, I think they're cousins, James and John. And they were in the same business. They, they were out with their father when Jesus would come and call them to follow him. That's what he said. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they laid their nets down and they walked away from their business and followed Jesus. And 
And and you'd think, well, Peter, he's got it together now. All he had, he just, he walked away. But that was not the end of that story. Because you look at Jesus and all, and I mean, you look at Peter and all the things that he did and how he dealt with life and, and how he dealt with um, Jesus. And you would think that he was so dedicated to everything that God was doing in his life and that Jesus, he has listened to every word that he was saying and followed him. But I found out that Peter had a plan of his own. He always had another plan. He always had a better plan for Jesus, too. But, you know, Jesus would do something great in his life, and, and next thing you know, and, um, and through the book, it kind of walks through that. And it talks about Jesus. Um, one time he was talking, told his disciples, they had just fed that 5,000 people with those uh, loaves of bread and those two fishes. And, and the big miracle had just happened. And next thing you know, of course, Peter was told to get in the boat and with some of the other disciples and said, go to the other side because Jesus was going to stay back and pray. And he said, need a little time on his own. And then it said that in the middle of the night, it was, the storm was beating against the boat. It wasn't moving. And, and all of a sudden, Jesus could see. It's, I don't know if he could see the boat, but the boat was far away from shore. So Jesus, being the Son of God, walked on water. And he walked out to the boat. Now the men saw this, this image walking across the water, and they were scared to death. They were scared to death. And, and, you, and you know, they're saying they were, they were fearful, and, they said, and Jesus said, don't be afraid, it's, it's me. And, of course, they're still kind of shaking because here's a man walking on water. Well, as he, he came near to the boat, Peter would say, well, if it's you, Jesus, let me get out of this boat and walk on the water too. Jesus said, come on in. <laughs> the water's fine. And so Peter would jump out of the boat. Now, we, we don't shame him. We don't, I don't know. How will you look at that? We say, well, he got out. He was one that got out of the boat. Well, he stepped out of the water, and he was walking on the water. And then all of a sudden, he looked at all the distractions around him, and he began to sink. And he cried out to Jesus, help me, Jesus. <laughs> and, he, and Jesus grabbed him by the arm and lifted him up. See, Peter looked at the distractions all around him, and he began to sink. But he still knew who to call out to. He still called out to Jesus. They said that they got back into the boat with the other disciples. The wind stopped, and it said that they worshipped Jesus. They worshipped him in the middle of the water. But it was a lesson. You know, you think Peter's okay, that's good. Now, now Peter's got it together. Now, he can't mess up. Yeah, that's, like, that's what people say about us when we mess up. Oh, they, he calls himself a Christian. Uh, you know, he's not supposed to mess up. Well, I mess up. I mess up sometimes. I stumble. I want to be 
walking with Jesus. I want to be following close. If I mess up, I stumble. I fall down. I have to call out to Jesus, Lord, help me, lift me up. There's something about being called to follow Jesus. You'll see later on in, the, in, the, in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus is talking to his disciples and, and he says, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. What do you say, or who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that, you're, you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And, and so you think, He's arrived! He's arrived again! You know, the next part of this chapter... Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, let me just tell you what's going to happen. They're going to get me and they're going to... It's, it's from this time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Huh. Peter, you messed up. How can you say that you're a follower of Christ? You messed up. <laughs> you fell down again. Ah. Thank goodness for the growing process. How that happens. He, he, he teaches us. He, he leads us. He guides us. And he has patience with us. And his grace overcomes all those things where we, where we fall. But he still is teaching Peter to be his man. And, and how to become a fisher of men. Because it says right after that, it says, you know, he talks about his disciples that, Anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? See, God is concerned about men's souls. He's concerned about them. He wants them to grow. He wants them to follow Him at all costs. He wants people to get to the point where they can trust Him to lead them in the way that they should go. And, and what will people exchange? <laughs> there is a way that seems right to man, but it leads to destruction. It, our ways always get in the way of God's ways. But if we follow Jesus... Everything changes. It's following Jesus at all costs that makes the difference. See, right after that, it, it talks about the, this transfiguration where, where Peter and James and John went and with Jesus on top of the mountain and, 
that Jesus, it said that everything kind of just changed and all of a sudden appeared a Moses and Elijah and they were talking with Jesus. And, and you see, Peter, you know, he got all excited. I'm part of this. We're going to do something. Let me do my thing here, Jesus. I, I got a good plan here. So Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I, wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. See, he meant well because it was his plan. And it says, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son who I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. This is my son. I'm well pleased with him. Listen to him. And, it, and when the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. See, it's a growing process that people have to go through, that I have to go through, that you have to go through. It's to bring us to a place where we can follow, follow him wholeheartedly. We have good intentions, but we have good intentions that sometimes we say, Jesus, this is what you should do. This is what I want to do. It's not, that's not following Jesus. That's doing exactly what you want to do. Even though your intentions seem good, it's not following Jesus. Later on, you'll see Peter taking a stand. When they come to arrest Jesus, here's, here's Peter. He pulls out a, a sword. Now, I'd imagine he's pretty good at you know, dealing with fish, cutting them up and filleting them out and stuff. But he had no business with a sword in his hand. Because he swung at one of the men, one of the servants, and cut off his ear. And, and Jesus had to tell him, hey, don't, don't. And it said that Jesus picked up the ear and stuck it back on. That's pretty cool to me. But here's Peter jumping out and having his own way again. I got a plan, Jesus. I'll protect us. <laughs> I'm going to protect everybody. No, Jesus said, it's not time. Now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 31, it talks about Jesus talking to his disciples about these very things. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee, Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I will never. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. <laughs> but Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. No. Well, you know how that story ended? Peter had good intentions. But it didn't always fit in with God's plan. Or did it? For Peter would disown Jesus just as Jesus predicted. And it said that 
as they, he was sitting around in the courtyard, this after Jesus had been arrested, sitting around the fire, and they were talking, and they, and they finally looked at him. You know, I guess Peter had an accent. You know, if you're from uh, this part of the country, and you go up north, everybody knows that you're not from around here. And, you know, those folks come in from up north, and the first thing you say, well, you're not from around here. <laughs> and uh, you just talk a little different. Well, Peter was that same way. He was a, They said, oh, you're one of the guys from Galilee. And, uh, and they said, aren't you one of the followers of Jesus, of the Nazarene? Or, and, and they said, he would say, no, no, I don't, I don't even know him. I don't have anything to do with him. And then, and then later on, they were all, I guess they were still there mumber, mumbling around to each other. And, and he was accused once again of being one of the followers. And didn't I see you with Jesus? No. And he, would, and he would start, it was like he was almost cursing. You know, and it may have been cursing. Uh, Peter just was, it, it just said no. He, he, he did not. He said he brought, called curses down on himself. And, Swore to them, I don't know the man. And the third time, he was accused by some young girl. Aren't you one of the followers? And he became extremely ugly and, 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 and angry and yelled. And of course, immediately, the rooster crowed. And then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Folks, now you see what it takes to follow Jesus. You're going to have to get broken. Let me just tell you, this man got broken. He got broken in half. His heart was broken because he knew that he had fallen short. He knew that he was not following Jesus. He knew that in his own power, he did not have the ability to do the things which Jesus required. And so, you don't read much about Peter for a while. Even through the crucifixion, it was like, I don't know, where's Peter? <laughs> and uh, he kind of got quiet. But he wasn't too quiet to go fishing. It said that as, as he got back into the routine of life, that um, that he decided he, he was going to take his buddies. He said, let's go fishing. I know fishing. That's what I'm used to. I, fall, I, fall, I failed at everything else, but I'm going fishing. And so they went and got in the boat, and they went and fished. They fished all night long. And they didn't catch a thing. Now, let me just tell you, sometimes fishing is okay because you're fishing. But not all night long. You want to catch something. And all of a sudden, they heard, a, heard somebody on the shore. They could see him a pretty good ways out. You know, they were a pretty good ways out, but they could still see him but couldn't make him out. I said, hey, you caught anything? And then, you know, no, no, we hadn't caught anything. Hey, cast your net on the other side of that boat. And next thing you know, they're throwing the net on the other side of the boat. And the, and, and the net all of a sudden was instantly full of fish. 
So many fish they couldn't even pull the net in. They had to drag it to shore in a boat. And of course John said, listen. He said, that's Jesus out there. That's Jesus out there on the shore. And Peter couldn't help himself. He wrapped his, wrapped his uh, clothing around his waist and jumped into the water and swam in as hard as he could, I'm sure. And he could see Jesus. And I'm sure as he looked, he said, oh, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And said, Jesus was there on the shore. And he'd already made some breakfast for the disciples. He said, go, go, get, go get the rest of those fish and we'll make some more too. And it said they sat around on the beach and ate fish and bread. And they just fellowshiped. And they talked. And they probably laughed. And they were just having a good time. Why? Because Jesus was there once again. Well, Peter probably still had a lot of things going on in his mind and in his heart. So Jesus would say, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, well, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went that where you wanted but when you were old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you want where you do not want to go jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which peter would glorify god then he said to him follow me and and said peter turned and saw the disciple whom jesus loved was following them this is the one who had leaned back against jesus at the last supper and said lord who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him and he asked, Lord, what about him? What about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And I think that, I don't know, have you ever seen a parent grab a kid's face when they really needed the kid to listen? A mother said, Okay, listen. <laughs> You know, this, this is important. You listen to this. He said, you must follow me. You must follow me. Folks, Peter was never the same. All of a sudden, he knew what it was like to follow Jesus. He was willing to do anything and then you come to the book of Acts and you see when, when Peter would stand up because they were filled with the Spirit and Peter would deliver this great message. And, and how exciting that was to see this man who all of a sudden, he was not just following Jesus, but he was filled with the Spirit. The, the Spirit of God was living within him. 
And he was, had a mighty voice then. And people listened and lives were changed because Peter had decided to fall, follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Folks, this is the kind of man I want to be where I can finally come to a point in my life where no matter what happens in my life, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. What's the cost? A lot. I want to follow Jesus. No matter what. Now, Peter wouldn't just deliver a great message, but he spoke several times and people were, would be healed. In fact, it got so crazy around there that Peter would walk down the street or the road and they, people would bring the sick people out on the side and just his shadow that he cast as he walked by, there was healing involved there. God would heal people through Peter. Peter, when he would die, he was, he was hung on a cross. He said, don't hang me up like Jesus. Hang me upside down. I don't deserve anything better. Jesus followed God. Jesus followed, I mean, Peter followed God. Peter followed Jesus. Peter was led by the Spirit of God. And he knew that he did not deserve what God had given him, the life that he had given him. He followed God wholeheartedly. He followed Jesus wholeheartedly. Folks, I do cry out today to you as people who might look at this and say, uh, I don't, that sounds crazy, I don't want that. But I'm telling you what, there is no better life than following Jesus wholeheartedly. He made us. He, he, he had a plan for our lives. And folks, nothing gets better than following out that plan that God has for us. To follow him with all your heart, mind, and soul. To love people. To love God. Folks, you have to make a a choice. That choice a lot of times is deciding that you want to receive Christ as a Savior. That's the beginning. Knowing that you have been a sinner and you cannot follow Him the way you are, but He died on the cross that you might be able to follow Him wholeheartedly. For you who do not know Jesus Christ to receive that gift that He has given. He died on the cross for you that your sins might be forgiven. He also died on the cross and said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Because God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. Folks, that's the first step in following Jesus wholeheartedly, receiving him not just as Savior, but as Lord of your life. You are called to follow Jesus. You are called to follow Him. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 explains it a whole lot the way I would like to think of myself. That I am, I have already, I have not already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. 
Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me to he- he- called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Folks, this is the day. This is the day when we can decide. No matter what is going on in this old world, then we can still follow Jesus. It's so easily, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get distracted when things don't go your way, it seems like. We get distracted when, when we get a headache. My wife is dealing with some headaches right now. Thank goodness she made it here today. But I think that we're all getting distracted. But I'm telling you what, we need Jesus. We need Jesus more than anything else. And to get distracted in any direction, it's only bad for us. I think we should pray now and, uh, and think on these things. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can talk about your word and men of the Bible, but Lord, may we see ourselves where we make the mistakes, where we fall down, where we get up. We see the times when we have to be broken that you might lift us back up. But Lord, may we look into your eyes one more time and hear those words. You must follow me. May I be a follower of Jesus Christ like you intended. Not like I intend, but like what you intend. Please lead God and direct my life. Direct me in all things that I might be a witness and a testimony unto who you are. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray this for everyone here, that lives might be changed, and that we might, we might get excited once again about following you. Amen. Folks, thank you so much for being here today, and your patience. I, uh, Michael's at taking care of Katie today. And we appreciate you still hanging out. And, um, and hopefully God spoke to your hearts this day. Thank you.